G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Let's start, Wendy. And uh, in your home state of Queensland, uh, the Premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk, has resigned over the weekend. Uh, the end of an era, in some sense, I think some something like nine years at the helm in Queensland. Um, how do you describe that nine years? What are your thoughts? Yeah, do you know, we started out with um, our Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk with quite a lot of hope because she came from a religious background and, and a background that was actually pro-life, to be honest. Uh, but this government has overruled one of the most radical times, the radical social agenda that we've ever seen. Queensland is known, you know, right around the nation as being quite conservative, but we have endured... Um, the type of things that we've seen, we've ushered in, there's conception to birth abortion laws. Um, We had the first gender affirmation therapy laws came through in Queensland under her leadership. We've had medically assisted uh, suicide with no provision for conscientious objection. Um, Births, Deaths and Marriages Act, that was uh, allowing, there was laws that came through that allowed minors as young as 12 to change their legal sex without parental consent. So what we've seen is an arrogant government. It has been in for a long time. And it's just this routine implementation of of, um, even omnibus omnibus bills like anybody who's been following Queensland politics would know that these omnibus bills just sneak in even um, uh, liberalising prostitution have come in under child protection laws so it's been a really um, disappointing government and I don't think there's many people who are of conservative uh, mindset certainly of a Christian mindset who would be sad to see the change of Premier but we are looking forward to an election in October And it will be interesting to see who will take up the reins until then and whether um, any of the damage could actually be undone. Well, I'm not sure whether listeners expected you to say something like that. Uh, A woman who oversaw an era marked by radical social reform. And as you uh, listed those things, that just brings into focus, doesn't it? And, of course, this has been happening in lots of states around Australia and territories too. Uh, But, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's nine years. And, yeah, that doesn't look really, really positive at all. And particularly when we're applying our Christian view And when we're applying a lens that says uh, these things that we want to say give dignity to humanity and um, and and value for human life, those things have they've just sort of fallen through the cracks with this government. Absolutely, but the sad thing is that the Labor government historically was all about those things. And so I guess what we're asking for the Labor government now to do is to return to their roots, return to those roots of supporting the working men and women, the Aussie battlers, and certainly supporting family values because that's what the Labor Party was all about. And we are we are wanting to get back to family values but also give parents back the right to actually parent their children. 
And no doubt the Labor Party will be deliberating over who will hold those reins through until the next election. I think one of the front runners is Stephen Miles. He's been Anastasia Palaszczuk's deputy uh, all this time. Uh, he comes from the left faction and, uh, of course, uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk came from the right faction. So uh, if you're talking left and right, uh, you might even think that the possibilities there could be even more severe. Any thoughts there on on the possibilities of a Stephen Miles? And I know there's others in the mix there, Shannon Fentiman and um, and uh, Milton. Cameron Dick Cam- is Cameron the other one. Dick. Cameron, yeah. Yep. yeah. Cameron. So Cameron is Milton's brother, actually. Okay. So um, they are, and they come from a Catholic background. So I, I think um, there could be a difference there. He comes from the, more from the right. But what we've seen is Anastasia Palaszczuk actually lurched to the left. I, I, I'm not seeing a great difference between her and the left agenda at the moment. Or oh, certainly in the past 18 months, we haven't seen a big difference. Whether or not she's been trying to appease that side of her government, I I do not know. But certainly with Shannon Fentiman and with Stephen Miles, we would see a continuation of the same. All right. Challenging times ahead for the state of Queensland and uh, now transitioning to a new Labor Premier. Uh, Let's talk some other issues that are going on around the nation, Wendy. Uh, Euthanasia by telehealth. Now, that sounds like a slippery slope, just as you say uh, those words together. Uh, But it's been ruled as discussing suicide and therefore a criminal offence over telecommunications. What's the latest on your understanding of that ruling? So it was Justice Wendy Abraham, and she is a a judge in the federal court. And what happened was one of the doctors um, around Australia uh, appealed to the federal court to change the ruling, a federal ruling that disallows the the discussion of euthanasia via via any telecommunications. And this was uh, because they want to be able to uh, talk to people online and and reach rural people. and even people in Aboriginal communities via telehealth. Now, Justice Wendy Abraham has ruled that is still illegal and we're not changing the law because um, it will be a criminal offence to discuss euthanasia because, and she, this is really important, because uh, so many times these euphemisms come out and we change the meaning of language. She has brought it right back and said discussing euthanasia on telehealth is the same as discussing, discussing suicide and that remains a criminal offence. And so she has um, lifted a veil on the language and said, suicide, euthanasia, same, 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 okay? So um, what she said, no, we are not changing the criminal code and to discuss uh, euthanasia on uh, via any means of telecommunications will remain illegal. Um, and this is a great win, uh, a great win in many ways, <clears throat> certainly a great win about you not discussing euthanasia over telehealth because uh, if, if any of your listeners can put that into their minds, when you're talking telehealth, you don't know who else is in the room. You cannot read um, silent sort of cues of the person. You can't adequately assess whether they are mentally um, unstable at the time. All of these things are lost over telehealth. And we saw that during COVID. We had doctors saying that over COVID, when they were trying to do um, appointments over telehealth, they really weren't able to read those silent cues or see who else might be there trying to pressure the person into doing this or that. And so it's a win that way, but I also think it's a really win, good win for language because we need to reclaim language to mean what it actually means, and she's done this. 
And while we're talking about telehealth, uh, what people will say over an internet connection, and uh, you might be seeing an image and you might be hearing someone's voice, uh, there's also this fraying and watering down of the whole issue by people who are allowed to discuss uh, euthanasia, uh, you know, whether it's doctors and then uh, there's pushes for nurses and then all sorts of people then being able to talk about someone's life. I mean, there's a whole slippery slope that's happening everywhere here, isn't there? Absolutely there is. And we know that in Australia there's a rise of elder abuse. We also know there's a rise in what's being called now inheritance impatience. And so people, we have no idea who else is in the room urging their mother, their father, um, their elderly relative to relinquish life because uh, for some reason or other that it's, it's a selfish reason. We don't know what's happening in a room when somebody is just talking to a person and they can be under a lot of pressure. And people who are not well or are very elderly can feel as if they are a burden to society. And what a terrible shame that in our society we are finding that people are feeling a burden. Every life matters. And what we're finding is that states right around Australia are reducing the amount of money that they're putting into palliative care and they are moving that into um, euthanasia plans. And so we're seeing the reduction of true health care to people who are uh, physically um, unwell or even dying close to death. We're seeing the removal of that and instead improving the access to euthanasia. It's a it's a not just a slippery slope. I would say we're we're just going straight down to the bottom, to be honest. And of course, uh, what happens then typically is that some new industry is born out of this, and so uh, then you've got people who are almost selling the product of euthanasia. But um, good news in some sense here, where Justice Wendy Abraham has ruled euthanasia equals suicide, and no, you cannot talk about that in a telehealth sense, and there might even be a warning there for all of us that careful how anybody talks to you about your life and your value because uh, those things are at risk right now. Hey, there's so many big issues, Wendy Francis, and uh, right from earlier in this year and even I think it was the late last year when we started talking about the Australian Law Reform Commission and, uh, you know, the government handballed some legislation to them and said, uh, you know, tell us how we can get this across the line. What affects faith-based schools? and uh, staffing arrangements and uh, these sorts of challenges that are really potentially going to even end Christian schooling as we know it and they're going to make public the their report, the Australian Law Reform Commission report uh, by the end of this year. How significant is this when this report is released? It's incredibly significant uh, because it could actually see the end of Christian schooling as we know it. But you know what, Um, Christian schooling, I I can't see it going away because people are so determined to actually provide a space where their children are nurtured in the Word of God. And so uh, we will will find a way. But this ALRC report, so Australian Law Reform Commission, um, it's already done. We know that it's done and we're wanting the government to actually produce it as quickly as possible. It doesn't have to be produced until the 31st of December. But when it comes out, we will be looking closely at it because the threat is, and certainly the first draft of this report, which came out earlier this year, meant that Christian schooling, faith-based schooling, would not be able to, um, to choose to employ staff 
all staff according to their faith. Uh, so uh, they might be able to say, well, the chaplain can be a Christian or a Muslim if it's a Muslim school, but they wouldn't be able to do that for all staff. We know that Christian schools, it, it matters. It matters for every staff member um, to carry their faith. But also the ALIC report, the draft certainly gave no provision for the school to be able to operate according to the ethos of their faith. And so you would see, you could see things like um, a student who identifies as a different uh, gender or sexuality, which is often, you know, this is, Christian schools have children who are um, experiencing different confusions of all different types. But you could find in a school, a Christian school, a, a child being, um, it would be discrimination perhaps for a child to say, I want to start a pride club in my Christian school and for the school to say, no, that's not according to our ethos. So we believe that it's really important that we push back against this ALRC report if that's what, if the draft is anything to go by. A Christian school needs to be able to employ people of faith, of their Christian faith, and they also need to be able to operate according to the ethos of their, their faith. And these are the two things largely that are at stake here. So right now we think of Christian schools having some level of integrity because they have a choice as to mm. how they staff schools and with preferences. And no doubt there's some uh, other uh, ways that, uh, you know, some non-Christian type people get into Christian schools. But there's this sort of integrity that there is there because schools have got the right to choose. And so the government, they take away that right to choose and you really haven't got any control over the faith element of the staffing in a school. You can water things down so much that it no longer even looks Christian at all. And, uh, and as you say, uh, you know, there's going to be some sort of uh, Christian ethos to schooling. People won't want to let that go, but we re really risk a watering down here in a major way, don't we? We do. So this, the government has always promised that they would bring in report affects the Sex Discrimination Act. And the government has always said that they would bring in the Sex Discrimination Act changes from the ALRC uh, recommendations along with a religious discrimination bill. So they have said that they will combine the two. The important thing is um, what will this religious discrimination bill look like? And all, uh, I guess, all um, concepts of what it's going to look like so far is that it's not going to actually provide the freedom for religious people to act according to their faith. So this is concerned. So we expect in February a bill to come out that will incorporate the changes that the ALRC recommend to the Sex Discrimination Act combined with a religious discrimination bill. And I would also say um, right at this moment when we have such political and religious unrest, not only globally but impacting us here in Australia and you've always, you've already, um, you know, insinuated or talked about the uh, anti-Semitism you, that, you know, that's happening, the, the rise in, in, in a boiling sort of religious um, uh, problem here in Australia at the moment. It would seem a really uh, poor time to all of a sudden bring in a religious discrimination bill that is once again going to be very controversial. Um, so we're looking closely at what comes out and certainly I know we'll talk about it more in the new year, Neil, but we will see the ALRC report come out at the end of December 
and we expect the religious discrimination bill, unless the government decides to postpone it, which we are hoping they do, we expect to see it in February. Well, there'll be an awful lot of parents who are thinking about their children and their education for 2024. And this time of year, uh, a lot of parents have already made moves as to how they think their children will be best educated for the coming year. But I can say this uh, just earlier this year, just talking about the way that Christian schools are bursting at the seams. Um, They're growing incredibly and there's a need for a whole lot more Christian schools because there's this gravitation away from a state system which is really a sort of a uh, a values-free zone for so many parents when we talk about our Christian ethics and so there are people who are wanting their Christian school experience to be able to uh, maintain those Christian foundations for their children. The other thing, just quickly to comment, because uh, running out of time here, but Wendy, uh, when schools are faith-based, it usually means they're connected to a denomination and therefore are an extension of the local church. We've got to maintain that integrity of a Christian school because uh, if the schools fall, the church is next. Is that a is that a fair enough way just to say this is what's coming? Absolutely fair enough. And it's not only an opinion of yours or mine, Neil. This has been quite clearly stated. Um, The the ALRC were um, quite clear in saying that churches also need uh, this sort of review and to see whether they uh, should not be allowed to actually uh, prioritise people of their faith, even in churches as staff. And so uh, definitely, this is not just a slippery slope. This is exactly what's happening. And lots of times, I know we're running out of time, but lots of times I hear people say, and I think this is important for your, your listeners to hear as well, people say, oh, why are my tax dollars going to support some private school? Well, actually, Christian schooling, faith-based schooling saves every tax taxpayer in Australia because the government doesn't have to pay as much per child for a child that's going to a faith-based school as they do for a child going to a state school. So the, the amount of money that is actually being saved by the government, if they destroy faith-based schooling, the government would not be able to cope with the influx of students as for one, but also the increased cost that it would cost the government to actually educate all of these students. Because as you say, the number of of parents who are choosing faith-based schools is going up right through the roof, skyrocketing, actually. There are big ramifications if there is change implemented. Just very quickly, Wendy Francis, 2024 is almost upon us. Uh, There's a whole lot of things you'll be keeping an eye on into the new year. Have you got a little uh, sort of, you know, machine gun uh, bullet point list of uh, some of those things that uh, to look out for in the new year? Absolutely. So February is going to hit us like a, a brick because we've got the federal, we've got the religious discrimination bill, which we've talked about. But in South Australia, we've got the um, uh, gender inquiry motion from Pangello. We've also in South Australia got the Nordic prostitution bill um, from Chentafanti in the Northern Territory in the ACT youth and age legislation coming down the pipeline. And when they bring that in this time, they will be doing it in the light of knowing that euthanasia equals suicide it is a form of suicide we've had that legally so these all these sort of things um alex antic has got a federal um gender bill as well wanting to stop uh gender dysphoric children being put onto um drugs to change their gender 
lot coming up in the new year um, and a lot to pray about, but a lot to also get involved with because every voice really does matter. And Wendy, you seem to have boundless energy and you've had to do, along with your role, a lot of travelling this year as all of the different state directors for the Australian Christian Lobby have been doing. But you spent some time in Arnhem Land just recently. Have you got a very quick little update for us there? I did. Um, you know, I went there because I, after the uh, the referendum, I knew that there was like some um, sadness in communities about whether or not they were wanted and loved. And so I wanted to actually go and make sure that they knew that uh, the Christian community just loved them so much. Do you know, the health, the health needs in the community are very real. And so I really love with Indigenous Christian leaders what is actually needed in community. But it was a privilege to be there. Um, but I did know, I came away with a burden that the health needs in community are very real and, and we need to know about them. So thanks, well, Neil. Let me encourage listeners, uh, don't drop the ball when it comes to support for the Australian Christian Lobby, one of the most important organisations uh, on the front line of all of these different battles uh, in our nation at this time. Wendy Francis, what a champion. ACL National Director of Politics. Uh, Wendy, we'll look forward to hearing from you some more in the new year. Uh, but let me just encourage listeners, acl.org.au to stay abreast of the issues and to know what's coming so that you can make a difference in your own community and in the uh, political uh, way that your state and as a nation uh, that things are uh, changing so quickly and uh, needs to have a Christian insight and action. Uh, Wendy Francis, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and heart with us once again today on 2020. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.